Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Professional Sports Talk Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Murphy. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. This week, I've got something super special planned out for you guys because I've actually got two episodes coming out this week. Most of you guys likely already know I upload weekly every Tuesday. Today is currently October 19th, Tuesday, where I'm recording and planning on uploading this podcast. That's going to be out as always. But I'm also going to be releasing a podcast on Thursday, and this way I can have my Tuesday podcast as review of the previous week, and I can have my Thursday podcast as preview of the coming week. So this way I think hopefully it'll get more people interested, hopefully it'll bring in more listeners. I'm also hoping that these episodes will be even shorter than I've been making them in the past few weeks because they have been getting shorter. I'm hoping to continue that trend and I'm hoping that'll again bring more people in, bring more listeners by. Let me know if you guys think this is a good idea, let me know, let me know if you guys think this is a bad idea. Uh, just feel free to DM my Instagram account at Professional Sports Talk or reach out to me via Snapchat or text message if you have my number anyway works just let me know what you guys think and we're gonna jump straight into this week's action in this episode i will be talking about my biggest statement games and a few games i'd like to highlight Uh, those kind of go hand in hand with one another i will then finish by talking about teams players or topics uh, people aren't talking enough about i think there's a lot going on in the nfl it's obviously a very exciting season lots of overtime games lots of close games and i think there's just a lot of storylines that are being swept under the rug that people aren't paying enough attention to so i'm going to bring those into the light today really hope that we get some conversations going let me know if you guys like that idea um, i'm thinking that i'm not going to do this type of segment every single week instead i'll probably talk about statement games review a few of my favorite games and then come up with a new topic each week we'll just see how that goes we'll see how that treats me Um, i'm not exactly sure what i want to do from now on but again we're just testing things out we're trying to get better and better every single week as you guys know so let me guys let me know if this is a good idea and if it's not i can change it up before I get into anything else this week, I want to say I was 2-2 two and two on my best bets last week, so struck even. That leaves me now in the year since week 4. I'm 7-4 and four on my best bets, uh, which is pretty good. I'm pretty proud of that. Um, just so you know, I could have gone all the way to week 1, but I couldn't. I, I had no idea where the files went. It was so weird. I couldn't find my notes going back farther than week 4. So starting from week 4, we've been 7-4, and four, like I said. And jumping straight into action from last Sunday... I first, of course, have to talk about my Chicago Bears. There's a lot I need to get off my chest. And with that being said, stop sending me the Aaron Rodgers still owns this bullshit. I've known that my entire life. I literally have only known Aaron Rodgers knowing me. Why do you think 2018 was the happiest year I've ever been? With that being said, get that out of the way. We got to start talking about the Bears and the Packers. Khalil Herbert backup third string running back dude look like looks like a stud he was running the ball really really well he's running the ball really strong he's quick on his feet he made a tackler miss in the backfield a couple times he's just this backfield really looks like there's a lot of talent in it it also looks like this backfield can run this scheme really well our defense is also good enough to win us some games so with all this being said we could give some teams some headaches i'm not expecting them to make the playoffs or anything especially if justin fields has performances like he did in this game this was truly a rookie justin fields performance i mean quick intermediate throws he looked great 
but he had one really ugly pick and it could have been two that were both on deep balls and we need big plays like that that is absolutely key to our team we've lacked big plays for so many years and it's just not seeming to change right now we really saw that against detroit obviously it's detroit they're one of the worst teams in the league but it's still an nfl team it's still a team that gave a lot of people some hard times including the ravens who almost lost against them so i think there's just we need to figure out we need to get in a groove i think we need to start asking justin to make more 15 20 yard shots just to build his confidence and I'm, what I'm trying to say, long story short, is sure, there's growing pains, but I'm not giving up hope right now. Uh, you can call me naive or oblivious for saying that. I really don't care. I trust this run game no matter who the running back is because we've obviously seen now that we're three deep in the running back position. I trust this defense a lot, and we'll talk about this more later in the podcast. And I also trust us to extend plays because of the things I just mentioned. Our Quick intermediate throwing, especially with Justin, isn't that bad. It's really not, and we can run the ball pretty damn well. As long as Bill Lazor keeps calling plays, I think we can get long drives to going. I think we can move the ball down the field just efficient enough, and I think our defense can keep us in games. Now, with all that being said, and with me being hopeful and probably being a little naive, our schedule is so boned. There's just no other way to say it. I'm not, so, again, I'm not saying we make the playoffs, but if we keep our core together, uh, obviously we have guys like Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack. Those guys are supposed to come back. If we have Jalen Johnson supposed to come back, uh, Roquan Smith supposed to stay together. Hopefully we draft another good receiver in the early second round because obviously we don't have uh, our first round pick due to us trading up for Justin Fields and giving it to the Giants. And then we'll get Tevin Jenkins back, that stud of a left tackle who is out for the season. I'm sure a lot of you guys who aren't Bears fans don't really know who I'm talking about. If you're a Brett Coleman fan, you know exactly who I'm talking about because this dude was, well, let's just be honest, he was my favorite left tackle prospect before the Bears got him and then the Bears got him and he missed the season. And that was a really, really tough, tough thing to swallow. Uh, hopefully... We can keep those guys all healthy and together. Hopefully we re-sign Allen Robinson. And I seriously think there could be a bright future here blooming in Chicago. It's very early to say. Our schedule is absolutely brutal this year. So again, I'm lowering my expectations. But maybe I'm being naive. Maybe there's something here in the future. With all that being said about the Bears, obviously it's my podcast. I can talk about the Bears for a straight up hour every single pod. But I'm not going to do that. I gotta say something about the Packers, uh, but honestly, I really don't want to, just because this game was, I was just so annoyed. Um, not because I thought we were gonna win, I really didn't. I told practically everyone in my work that we're gonna get blown off the field, and I, I probably should have made it one of my best bets last week, but I just couldn't, I couldn't do it to myself, mostly because I didn't want it to believe it, and as a naive Bears fans, I never want to believe it, but I obviously know it. I know Aaron Rodgers owns us, I know it, I know it. Uh, something I do have to say about the Packers that won't absolutely piss me off is I still think they're a fourth seed in the NFC playoffs. Crazy talented as they are, crazy well as things look to be clicking for them right now, I still think they're worse than the Cardinals, the Bucks, and the Cowboys right now. And that is a fourth seed in the NFC. If you guys can't do math, that's three teams ahead of them. Cool. Moving on to the next game. This was a game I loved watching the film for, and I was amazed by some of the plays that were being drawn up. I was also amazed by the performance some of the players had in this game, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, even though a team scored 37 points, I believe it was, in this game. 
And this was the Arizona Cardinals versus those dogs in Cleveland. This was just, man, if you don't believe in the Cardinals now, I don't know what the hell you're watching because these dudes have players, playmakers, excuse me, everywhere. I mean, every position, like... I forget, I'm forgetting his name right now, number 44, he was on the Giants last year, is it Marcus Golden? Am I completely making that up? Is that a made-up name? I don't know, but either way, he was jumping off the film, and when you got guys like, well, I'll get to that, never mind, just, I'll, I'll get to him. I always watch the Cardinals film with a certain thing in mind, because we know their star, uh, this is any team, if I'm being completely honest, we know star, star players are going to make star plays for sure. And yeah, the Cardinals have a lot of them. They've got Kyler, they've got D-Hop, they've got Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, blah, blah, blah. We know all those guys. We know how good those guys are. But when it's guys like, like I just mentioned, like Marcus Golden, if that's his name, please let me know. I might just completely be butchering this. A.J. Green, Isaiah Simmons, Rondale Moore, both backs are making big plays. Byron Murphy's making big plays. When all those role players guys are making huge contributions and splash plays, tells me a few things that separate them from NSU teams. Particularly with the Rams. The Rams, I always say, the Rams don't have a, a lot of depth. The Cardinals have depth up the ass. They have a crazy complete roster with damn near no holes. I mean, seriously, just think about it. What 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 are their weaknesses right now? Because I, I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't. Maybe linebacker, but Isaiah Simmons is playing great. Zayvon Collins is only getting better. Maybe O-line. But they got a stud of a center, and their O-line doesn't need to play great when Kyler Murray is Kyler fucking Murray, and he can just dance all day and make everyone miss, and, like, everyone looks stupid, and he's quicker than every... It's just... How do you stop this team? You, They've got this spread offense that looks like it's from college, but it's working so well to their advantage because, again, it spreads all the DBs across the field, and it gives them so much room to work with, both in the run game, both with Kyler working outside the pocket. Their receivers are getting more open because they have just so many... Like, who do you defend? It, it's just... I slept on them, that's for sure. I definitely, definitely slept on them. They have crazy depth and straight-up playmakers at all position on the football. And I said it last week before this game, and I'll say it again. I truly think there's something magical cooking in the desert. I Like I just said, I underestimated them before the season, and now they're undefeated. They beat a really good Cleveland Browns team. They kicked their ass. They didn't just beat them. They kicked their goddamn ass. And... Watch out for them deep in the playoffs. They might secure that one seed in the NFC, and I'm being completely serious. As far as the Browns go, man, they have been snake-bitten recently. They need to get healthy. I think they're under a lot of pressure to keep up with Baltimore now. Baltimore obviously just whooped the Chargers' ass, but we'll get to that game later. And there is, the Browns are feeling it. The Browns were my darling i guess you could say before the season started i really thought they were going to be the two seed in the afc i really thought that they had a shot of making to the afc championship game and now it's looking like they might not even win their own division which is not a great sign for making the afc championship game this was an absolute must-win game for them and i don't think i'm overreacting saying this could have huge implications for their race in the afc north excuse me and baltimore just looks red hot red fucking hot but again i'll get back to that Re mainly with the browns what stands out to me is i'm concerned with their running back health i'm concerned with their receiver health and of course 
I'm concerned about Baker Mayfield. I know it sounds like he's going to play through this shoulder injury, this torn labrum, whatever it is he has. But you can't tell me. Honestly, I've heard this all week. He's going to play through it. He's He'll be fine. He's on the field. And maybe you won't see too much of a dip in his game. But you can't tell me that's not going to throw off your mental. I mean, if you have something that's bothering you, even if it's in your non-throwing shoulder, that's going to change your game in the smallest way. He can say all he wants to the press. He can say whatever he wants to his coaching staff. But in my opinion, he's going to be protecting that shoulder. It might affect the way he goes down in a football. He might be overcompensating for that shoulder and injure something else. So overall, I'm just very concerned about this team right now. And I, I'm not saying that there's big time worries and I don't think they're still going to make the playoffs because I think they're still a legitimate playoff team. But again, I'm very nervous for them winning their division. That's all. The next game, this this is another game that I think we might look back in January and realize it impacted the NFC playoff picture tremendously. And this was the Panthers versus the Vikings. Before I get into anything at all, the Vikings always seem to be a fun watch, does it not? They seem to just... I'm not a Vikings fan, obviously, and I weirdly like... And I'm a Bears fan, so like I should hate the Vikings, but I weirdly like watching the Vikings this year because I've said this in a previous pod. One, I like a lot of their players. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Justin Jefferson. I like Dalvin Cook. I like a lot of the defensive guys like Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, UCLA boys. Um, love those guys. Like, ton of studs. Patrick Peterson's always been one of my favorites. But they're just, they always get in these close slugfest, either high scoring or low scoring games. They're just always close. And it's just, it's just a great time watching this team. So next time the Vikings are on, pay, give, them, give them some attention. You know, maybe now that I've said this, the next time they come on, they're just going to absolutely blow some team. I don't even know how they play this week. Maybe next time they're just going to blow some team off the field or they're going to get blown off the field. But regardless, they're a fun team to watch right now. Jumping back to the Panthers, this team has been a really hot topic and many people have, you know, been catching, you know, feelings for them. They've been catching love for them. A lot of people were buying into the hype after they went 3-0 and now they've lost three in a row, all against NFC teams and two of which, honestly, most would have said after the 3-0 start, they would have beaten, that being the Eagles and the Vikings right here. And I've been talking about this team a lot in my pod because everyone has. They've been, like I said, they were, they've were been a hot team in the press. And I've always been one to say, hold the brakes on this team. Um, again, I'm not trying to just flaunt or pat my own back here, but I wasn't trusting what I was seeing. I still don't trust them in big spots, and I think that all starts at the quarterback position. I don't trust Sam Darnold. He's really come back down to earth these past two weeks, and he's looking a lot more like the Jets' Sam Darnold than he is the first three weeks of the Panthers' Sam Darnold. I get it. I like their coaching staff a lot. I like a lot of the defensive personnel, but I don't trust their O-line. I don't trust their QB. I don't trust their running back health, sadly. I wish I could trust their running back health because Christian McCaffrey is one of the best in the league. And I honestly, right now, I don't trust the receivers. Outside of DJ Moore... Robbie Anderson's dropping the hell out of the ball. Terrence Marshall's not getting crazy involved. And their tight ends are just meh. Tommy Tremble's a rookie. He has got a bright future ahead of him. I like that guy. But other than that, I just don't see too much positive here. And I don't see... I see the Bears, if I'm being completely honest. I see the Bears. Um, I see a great defense. And I see a pretty good coaching staff. But I just don't trust this offense right now. And... Who knows? The NFC is pretty weak. They might make the playoffs as a seventh seed. 
but on the exact same token as i mentioned earlier these two last losses might come back to haunt them and i would not be surprised at all i think the vikings are going to find their groove and improve as the season i <laughs> i didn't even mean to groove and improve nice i put that right in my notes here groove and improve i never even noticed that until whatever i think they're gonna find their groove they will improve as the season progresses uh that patrick peterson injury sucks a lot he means a lot from a leadership standpoint to that team i know that he's still gonna be in that locker room it's not like he's out of the facility or something like that but i still think being on the field with those young dbs means a lot to those guys i still think they can learn a lot from him in the moment of the game so i think that does hurt a little bit but other than that i just i just think this is going to have huge implications in the nfc once more i think that this could really come back to haunt the Panthers, and this was an absolute must-win game for them. I know it's very early in the season, and they're still 500, and again, the NFC is weak, but you can't lose to teams like this, especially coming starting so hot and you know the whole league falling in love with you, essentially. Now we get to my what my opinion was the biggest statement game of the week, or at least yeah, honestly, it was the biggest statement game of the week. You could argue that the Titans-Bills game was bigger, but in my opinion, this was just an... Since it was just such an ass-whooping, there's almost not much to say, just because, like, there was damn near nothing to break down, but they just got whooped. And I think you guys know what I'm talking about. This is the Chargers versus the Ravens. Lamar didn't even have to pray, play great this game. He really didn't. It was just a great conceded team effort. I mean... It was everywhere. The run game did its thing against that putrid Chargers run defense. As we know, they're awful. They were missing two of their linebackers, if I'm not mistaken, too, which just obviously hurt them tremendously. But Le'Veon Bell got going a little, little bit. Latavius Murray got going a little bit. Devonta Freeman got going a little bit. They all did their thing. They all contributed. Special teams did their thing, led by Devin Duvernay. He played amazing, had a lot of great returns. And then the D-line got consistent pressure, which upset Justin. Uh, Chargers O-line really came back down to earth after they played really, really well the first probably four weeks of the season. They've played not their best football the last two weeks. And Marlon Humphrey, just he is continuing to show why he's one of the best corners in the league. I mean, they could not... Or excuse me they would not let herbert get anything going they would not let the whole Chargers unit get anything going one thing i do have to connect to that is uh i don't understand why they were going after him so often i mean as we know the ravens have had a lot of injuries and particularly with their cornerback unit they've had a lot of injuries and they just kept targeting marlon humphrey over and over and over again and marlon humphrey kept making big play after big play after big play like you do when you're you know a world-class shutdown corner and I just didn't really understand that decision-making. Obviously, that's not entirely on Justin. That could be on the coaching staff, but it could go completely the other way. That could completely be on Justin just over-trusting his receivers and not going for the better matchups at times. And I think there was a little bit of both of that. Um, part of me was expecting the Ravens to step back after that big emotional win last week against the Colts. They were coming off a short week. But no, this was just a huge win for the Ravens. Uh, absolute ass-whooping. Just... Something I really didn't see coming at all. This was a game I talked about in my lost, lost pod. My last pod. 
as being a very big game for both teams as being a game that I could definitely see either team winning but expecting it to be high scoring and close and while it was high scoring for one team it was just not remotely close at all and just a really really impressive win by the Ravens I was not expecting this one once more and I think the MVP hype for Lamar is really starting to pick up steam as it should my final game this was an amazing primetime game. The trend continues each and every week, which is fucking great, by the way. We love to see great games in primetime. Good for the NFL, good for fans, good for everyone. And of course, this was the Titans versus the Bills. Derrick Henry is still the Bills' dad, and that's all I'm going to say about that one. Moving on. No, I'm kidding. Um, Kind of. The Titans played just well enough. They forced just enough fields goals and the demigod Derrick Henry just put them on their back and, you know, they got the W. That was really all you can say there. It's just the Titans defense, they didn't play great or anything, but they played just well enough, forced just enough field goals. They got away with the W. Tannehill didn't even play great. I mean, he played fine, but not great. Uh, seriously, if the Titans get the number two seed, Derrick Henry needs to start getting MVP conversation. He needs to start getting in it. I'll get to that later in this podcast, but Derrick Henry is just, you are ridiculous. <laughs> there's no more, there's no argument of who's the best running back anymore. Uh, in my opinion, Derrick Henry is just in a completely, completely different tier of his own. And what a hell of a win for the Titans. A great way for them to get a huge win in primetime. Good for Derrick. Moving on. <clears throat> excuse me we're gonna jump straight into it i have to obviously as you guys know i'm gonna be talking about some storylines people just aren't talking enough and this is what better way to transition into storylines that people aren't talking enough about than derrick henry's mvp race i mean this guy is just putting up fucking video game numbers i think des bryant tweeted it perfectly derrick henry's the guy that we make when we were kids in madden that's just 99 overall absolutely huge can run a hundred thousand miles an hour and just runs over everybody this guy is just on a different planet right now i mean he's first in touches he's first in yards by it's not close he's first in yards by over 200 by the way and that's rushing yards that is but it's not close he's first in touchdowns and he's caught 16 balls this year do you realize how ridiculous that is he caught 19 all of last year that is ridiculous. He's on pace for 27 touchdowns, over 2,000 yards rushing, and nearly 400 receiving yards. Are you fucking kidding? Like, that? that is absolutely historical. I don't think people realize the greatness we're seeing in front of us. Like, this is like watching, like, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. Like, this is not just your average, like, oh, he's the best running back in the league this year, or maybe he'll be the best running back in the league for the next two years. No, this guy's the best running back we've seen in possibly 10 years, and I'm not exaggerating when I see that. This pace he's keeping up is just, it's insane. It's, And the thing is, his touches are not decreasing, and he's not showing signs of slowing down, and he's just a behemoth. It's it's bizarre. I'm seriously, like, I'm getting flustered and excited talking about this because, one, I have him on my fantasy team, so no shit I'm excited about this, but, like, completely seriously, he is on ridiculous pace, and he is just looking like an absolute men amongst boys playing every single Sunday. 
this is beyond a generational talent. This is once in a lifetime, and he is going to get that golden jacket one day, and he absolutely deserves it. I also just want to say, he since he is on pace for 2,000 yards, if he eclipses that 2,000 yards mark, that'll be the first time in NFL history anyone's ever done it in a back-to-back season, and we might never see that again because I don't think people realize how hard that is to do. And go Derek, go. Hopefully, <laughs> I would love for them to get a two seed and for him to be in the MVP conversation. Because as we all know, it's a quarterback driven league, excuse me. They're probably not going to get the one seed and Kyler's probably going to win the MVP or Josh Allen's probably going to win the MVP or some quarterback's probably going to win the MVP, Tom Brady even. But Derrick Henry is breaking records and making history and I'm all here for it. And you guys better be too. Don't underappreciate this guy because we are witnessing greatness, as I said, every single Sunday. Next team we got is a really good team that could give other teams legitimate trouble in the playoffs. And I think they're going to finish higher. I shouldn't say I think, that's a lie. They might just finish higher than a team in their own division that's getting a ton of buzz this offseason and has been snake written with injuries. There's also another team in their division that the media loves that has an MVP candidate leading the way. And I'm actually talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right. The Bengals are being slept on. They are crushing it this year. They're keeping up with teams like the Packers. They probably should have won that game. Uh, let, me, let me just get to this. Let me just get to that. They're a very legit team. I was wrong about them. I was still higher than on them than some people, but I still was seriously wrong about them. I still, still think they're in this race to the NFC North and I seriously think they could win it. Let me explain. They definitely could have beaten the Packers. As we all know, there's five missed field goals in that game, a lot of flukiness, and they definitely couldn't could have beaten the Bears. The the Bears defense played the best game of the season that year. They let nothing going on the Bengals offense and then the Bengals almost brought it back and won that game. If they win those two games, guess what? The Bengals are undefeated. Can you believe that? The Bengals are damn near, probably should be, undefeated, and no one is talking about it. I know, you are what your record says you are, and you aren't anything else, but come on. There was some serious flukiness to those losses they took, and they dominated the Lions last week, as they should. It's just, I love when I see teams absolutely dominate bad teams like we saw the bills do with washington and with the texans because that tells me that's what really good teams do sure they might play down their competition every now and then but when they face that bad team they blow them off the field and that's exactly what the Bengals are doing right now another thing in their roster is i don't see too many holes sure we know they have a weak o-line but they're playing good enough and their d-line's generating prep plenty of pressure which is absolutely crucial in this division because as we know the ravens have a mean o-line and the browns have a mean o-line too the steelers their o-line is shit let's just be honest it's shit it's not good and i don't think the steelers are going to be even in the this race at all i don't think any of you guys think that the steelers are going to be in this race at all so with all that set aside we also know ronnie stanley for the baltimore ravens i just forgot where the ravens are from for some reason He's out for the season. He's just got season-ending ankle surgery, and that is absolutely huge. Plays into the Bengals' hands greatly. If their D-line can keep playing the way they're playing, I seriously think they're going to give both the Browns and the Ravens a run for their money in this division. And don't sleep on them, guys. Seriously, if they end up winning this division, I'm not going to say I told you so, but I might. 
So moving on. (laughs) The last thing I want to talk about in this podcast, it's only fitting that I started this podcast talking about my boys. I'm going to end this podcast talking about my boys. We got two monsters in the middle of the country who are disrupting offenses every single Sunday and doing their best to put their team on their backs. Of course, I am talking about Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. For the first six weeks of the season, these guys have been the best pass rushing duo in the league, and it's it's not that close. It's really not. And sure, you're, you're saying, oh, Jack, you're being biased. Well, first off, look at the stats, because I'm not. They're literally number one for a duo with sacks. I believe Khalil has six and a half with seven tackles for loss, if I'm not mistaken. And then I believe Quinn has six for like eight tackles a loss. I know I'm right about the sacks. I don't remember the exact tackles for loss numbers. Regardless, the media loves to focus on guys like Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, even Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, guys like that. And that's for good reason. Those guys are great. They've proven it before. They've been around for a while. They deserve all the attention they're getting. I'm not trying to take anything away from those guys. All I'm saying is that we need to shine some more light on these two because these two are balling their asses off. It's very worth saying that Robert Quinn did absolutely jack shit his first year with the Bears. Uh, It looked like a terrible deal for us. We paid him a really good amount of money. He had two sacks all year, and it's safe to say most Bears fans were extremely disappointed in that performance. I'm sure the coaching staff was not thrilled with his performance. His stats were a little misleading. He did have some pretty decent pressures, but overall... Just wasn't great. Uh, wasn't a great performance at all. So yeah, I guess you could say I'm worried about him cooling off. And that's why we need to talk about him while we can. We need to talk about this because these guys are eating tackles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I mean, it is just dominance right now. It really is. It's pure dominance. And we need to talk about it while we still can because these dudes are both healthy right now. They're both killing it and they're both being extremely productive. So yeah talk about it let them let them know boys up in the midway anyways that's gonna do it for this week's podcast obviously as you guys probably realize this episode is gonna be a lot shorter i'm gonna try and make these not you know not without good detail not without good examples i'm my point is i'm trying to make these more concise i'm trying to get as many viewers as i can hope you guys enjoyed let me know if you guys like the idea of two pods a week and make sure to tune in thursday to see my preview for this week's games thank you guys so much for tuning in once again and that's gonna be all for me guys peace out have a good one